Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to Meet Sports Alcohol for Monday, January 11th. We have an awesome show for you today. Uh, we're sitting down with NFL writer Matt Verderam uh, to recap the wildcard weekend, uh, talk shit about Jared Goff, and explain why the Bears suck so bad. And then we have a few segments. We have Talking Locks, a new segment. All our segments are new. This is the first episode where we explain some of the sports bets we have in mind. I will say I'm on an all-time losing streak at the moment. So hopefully this episode is where I turn things around. Uh, We also have another segment, Ice Cold Take of the Week, which are just bad sports opinions or just bad general opinions that Dylan and I have. But mine are pretty on point this week, so you're going to want to listen to that. All right, so stick around and take it away, chat. We now welcome on Matt Verderam. He's a national NFL reporter for Fansided. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. That's V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. Got the full name in there. Congratulations on getting that Twitter name. Uh, he's also host of the Stacking the Box podcast. They did an awesome preview of Wildcard Weekend, and I assume you'll be posting a recap of the weekend as well. Yeah, going to record tonight, uh, Sunday night, do a Twitter live at halftime of the uh, Sunday night game. So, yeah, there'll be a, a lot of content going out for sure over the next couple hours. Perfect. Sounds good. So I think our plan for right now is we're going to go game by game from this weekend, kind of get your reaction to those games, what you think about those teams, uh, and take it from there. So we'll start off with the Bills-Colts game. You predicted this correctly, actually. You predicted that the Bills would only win by three, and that's what happened. My question for you is, coming out of that game, how high are you on the Bills? Uh, I mean, they got the win, but their defense didn't look great. They lost Zach Moss to injury. It really only came to a couple field goals. Uh, How are you feeling about the Bills after that game? I I feel great about Josh Allen and the offense. Even though Zach Moss got hurt, look, they're going to score their points. Indianapolis is a really good defense. Matt Eberflus is a really good coordinator, and they were going to keep Buffalo in front of them for the most part. They did a pretty good job of that. Diggs got deep a few times. Um, My concern with Buffalo is the same concern I had going into the game, which is the defense. Uh, They don't get pressure. And when you don't get pressure and you face really good quarterbacks, you have a problem. Now, they are fortunate in the sense they saw Phillip Rivers – and then they're going to either see Roethlisberger or Lamar Jackson in the divisional round, and neither one of those guys throws the ball. So they're fortunate there. But if they go and play Kansas City and they, and they have to get pressure on Mahomes and they can't do it, they're dead. They just can. You're not going to beat a team like them or the Packers in the Super Bowl if if a Rodgers or a Mahomes has three, four seconds to throw the football. And I thought, look, Indianapolis racked up 500 yards of offense in that game. I mean, the, the Bills were very fortunate to win – it was mostly self-inflicted mistakes by the Colts at cost. And that said, it's the playoffs. They won. Uh, I still think the Bills are the biggest challengers to the Chiefs. I still think they're really good. Um, but the defense was a cause for concern for me going in. They're a cause for concern for me now. Do you think if they, they ended up going up against the Chiefs, they have the, the offensive ability to just win in a shootout? Because yeah. I mean, they have similar constructed teams there with just – high-powered offense with quarterbacks with a great arm, but defense, it's pretty lackluster. Yeah, look, I think they could. The concern I have right now is Beasley and his knee. It seems like he can't really move. He gutted it out against the Colts. Can he continue to do that? Does it get worse? Does it get a little better at some point here? My guess is it probably doesn't get better. Maybe it stays the same. But if he's not as effective, Spagnolo for Kansas City, one thing he's very good at, he's good at taking away one thing. They will, and, and if you see, if they play Baltimore this weekend, I guarantee you they will take Mark Andrews out of the game. That's what they'll, they'll do with Tyron Matthew. If they play the Bills, they'll do everything possible to take Diggs out of the game and essentially force Allen to win with other guys. Now, he can do it. He, he's, he had a great game with Gabriel Davis on Saturday. Again, Beasley, if he's healthy, they have John Brown. So, yeah, I think that's why I think they're the biggest challenge. I think they could get into the 30s and win a game 34-31. My concern is if, if the Bills have a couple of series where they don't click, they take a penalty, they give up a sack, they've got a punt, that they could find themselves down 21-3. to three, And I don't know that that defense can make enough stands. Again, I, I think they have a shot. I do. I think they're a real contender. But they, 
the, like the Chiefs have shown in the playoffs with this group that they can play defense and get off the field. Mm-hmm. I Buffalo's got to prove it to me. Maybe they can, but they've got to show it. They didn't show it against against a much less powerful offense in Indianapolis. Yeah, Beasley also has the issue. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter that he looks exactly like the guy that stole the podium from the Capitol. And if the police <laughs> the police go after the wrong guy, Beasley just might be in jail for the next game. Um, so moving on to the next one, because I know we're a bit short on time. Thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, the Rams-Seahawks game. This one I lost a lot of money on. I bet on the Seahawks to win the NFC. I took the money line. It was just a mess for me all around. (laughs) Um, So I really want to start first with Jared Goff because he's kind of the one that lost me on the money. He completed less than 50% of his passes and to me just didn't look good at all. He has an injury on his throwing hand. Um, What do you think of Jared Goff right now? Do you have any confidence in him going into the next round? I'm not a huge Jared Goff guy to begin with. Part of that's probably colored by the fact that I covered two games during their Super Bowl run where I was at the game. One was the Super Bowl and the other one was in Chicago. And in both games, he was absolutely hideous. Mm-hmm. Um, I have confidence in them from this standpoint. They're so good defensively, the teams aren't going to run away from them. And he doesn't have to make a lot of plays. Like we just talked about Allen. Allen's got to make a lot of plays, in my opinion, for the Bills to beat a team with an offense. The Packers, they're not – unless I'm, I'm just dead wrong, I'm surprised. I don't think the Packers are going to just run away in this game from the – the Rams are too good defensively. Even if Donald is 75%, 75% of Aaron Donald's better than anybody else in the league up front, and Ramsey's probably going to wipe Adams out of the game. So you're basically telling Goff, look, don't kill us, don't turn the ball over, throw for 200 yards, and we'll hang around in the game. I think the Packers are going to be favored, and rightfully so. But I, I, I think it comes down to can the Packers get pressure on Goff? If you get pressure on Goff, he turns into a pumpkin. If, if, he, if he can stand back there and he's moderately comfortable, they got a shot. And the Packers, Zadarius Smith is an excellent pass rusher. Nobody else in the team is. So I, I could see that maybe he plays well. But no, my confidence isn't high in him from the standpoint that just he didn't look great against Seattle. And you've got to think that thumb is still going to affect him. Yeah. We have a fun little game that I had in mind. I drew up. I don't know if Dylan co-signed on it of quarterbacks <laughs> that you would start over Jared Goff going into next week. Some of them are legitimate options. Some of them are not. Uh, I'm wondering if you could just get your take on this. So would you start if, well, first off, would you start Blake Bortles over Jared Goff? No, <laughs> oh, I would not. I would start over Blake Bortles. Uh, would you start Carson Wentz over Jared Goff no again I might give myself to start oh man critical (laughs) wow if we're starting off there I don't think the rest of these you're really going to okay what about Cam Newton Cam Newton uh no no I I would not start him but I'll tell you right now like I'd start and I don't know how far we're gonna go down the rabbit hole here I I'd start Cousins yeah, I'd start Kirk Cousins. I'd definitely start Stafford. I'd start. Uh, I'd start. I'd probably start Rivers over yeah. Goff. Not Ryan. Th- this was on our list. Stafford. You mentioned him. Stafford. If he had recently broken his left hand, his that. left. Oh, I, I'd start Stafford if that to amputate his left hand. <laughs> right. I, no, I don't care about that. Yeah, no, give me Stafford. I, Stafford can play, but. Like, I, like then you get into like, would you start like Garoppolo? No, I'd probably start Goff. But the thing with Goff is he has games where he's really good. Yeah. But if he get if you get pressure on, on Goff, it's over. It's and the one thing that will concern me. And I haven't looked at the weather, but I'm sure it's January in Green Bay. It's probably freezing. Goff, I I covered a game like I said a couple of years ago. I was up in the press box at Soldier Field and they played the Bears on Sunday night, and it was about six degrees out. It was brutal, and. It was so obvious that he just didn't want to be there. Yeah. I remember he had a hand warmer on and he would just take the hand, he'd take his hands out right before the snap. And it got to the point that it was so obvious the Bears were just teeing off on the snap count because they knew the second he pulled his hands out, they were going to snap it. Right. He just wanted no, like, so that to me is a concern. Like, if, if it's two degrees up at Lambeau, fans or no fans, does Goff want any part of that game? I don't know. Cali boy can't handle it. Yeah, he's just the, the California kid, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think happened with uh, Russell in that game? Was that just the Rams D? Was there something more going on? I mean, he looks 
pretty lackluster. Couple, I think a couple of things. Uh, first of all, Dylan, I think a lot of a lot of pressure on him throughout the game. They couldn't block, so that's part of it. But that offense didn't look right for months. They mm-hmm. just, you know, the first five six weeks, everybody, you know, the whole let Russ cook thing. He looks at like the MVP of the league. He's the runaway favorite and deservedly so. And then he went through a stretch for three or four games where he threw like ten picks, and it just fell off. Like they never, it was almost like Brian Schottenheimer, who's always been very conservative by nature as their coordinator. Mm-hmm. Those turnovers happened and they just yanked the playbook back. Like, okay, we're not taking shots. I mean, you think about it, even the deep shot they hit on yesterday to Metcalf, it was a busted play. It wasn't yeah. designed for that. I mean, Metcalf was running a shallow cross and he saw the scramble drone. He just took off up the field. Um, so I think it was a combination pressure. Wilson didn't play well in general. Uh, he missed some throws, and then and then Schottenheimer's just so conservative. Like, yeah, I, I think you're Seattle. You've got to move on there. You've got to move on from shot. You just you've got this quarterback who look. I don't care if he turns the ball over 15 times a year. He's a Hall of Famer. Like just yeah. let him throw the football. Live with the turnovers, case. I and but they won't. They're terrified of it. And the result was what you saw yesterday. You get a good defense in there. That pick six. It felt like the game was over. Like Seattle just could not muster anything after that. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy too how long we've been saying that. I mean with Seattle's play calling like people yeah we, they've had to let Russ throw the last couple of years it feels like um yep. and then moving on to the Bucks football team game um my biggest thing watching the Bucks all year I mean everyone says this that it just doesn't look right I mean it just looks like there's something off between Arians and Tom Brady they're just like not seeing eye to eye Tom Brady's not seeing the field as well as he can what's your confidence level watching the Bucks right now as a team I mean it seems like they like Bad teams play well against them. They could yeah. barely muster up anything. Just, yeah, what's your opinion on the Bucks after that game? I think I think the Buccaneers are arguably the most talented team in football, but they're just – they're flawed in the way they play. Like Taylor Henneke, give him credit. He played really well. But that game shouldn't be close. Washington is nobody on that team. And Tampa Bay's hanging on for dear life with five minutes left. And I look at it and just say, look, if Brady's under pressure, obviously he struggles. Everybody can see that. They they blitz like crazy. If it doesn't work, they have no left hand to play with. And that's why the Saints kill them. And, and if they don't change, the Saints are going to kill them again. Because the Bucks blitz like crazy. They blitz one team in the NFC. And Breeze gets rid of the ball quick. So you have this thing where like you're, you're bringing all these guys. Everybody's coming out of coverage to blitz. But it doesn't matter because the ball's out in a second and a half. And then you have all these guys in space for the Saints, and there's nobody back there. Conversely, the Saints don't have to blitz, and they get a ton of pressure. So mm-hmm. it's just a rough matchup. I do think Tampa's really talented, and if they tweak their game plan, I think they could win. But if they play the way they've played to this point, they're just inconsistent. And when you get to this point in the year, like the Saints, Breeze is, is not who he once was, but he's good enough to, to still win games, obviously. Um, I think Tampa's good. Tampa's a live dog for sure. Uh, but they, they need to get more out of out of their defense when they're not just bringing all out blitzes. Yep. Yep. Do you think, uh, I mean, you touched on Heineke briefly. Do you think this, like, secures a backup spot for him? Like, is he, he's just got himself backup money, or is he I, still going to have to prove it? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, I think, if nothing else, he's gonna he's a free agent now. He's gonna have some interest. I, not as like look, I'm not trying to oversell this. He's not getting a three year, sixty million dollar deal. But he he played well enough. Some team could bring him in. Like, I, like if I'm the Bears, who we're gonna get to here in a minute, I'm bringing that kid in and kicking tires. Like, why not? Like if he's a backup, if he's Chase Daniel, fine. You need one of those too. If he's better than that and you find some gold with the kid, then great. But I think he's going to have some interest. I think there's going to be some teams that look at that tape and go, hey, a playoff game, Tom Brady, first career start. You play like that with no talent around you outside of McLaurin. You could do worse. I, I think he's going to have a nice little market for himself. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on, let's just go straight to Ravens Titans. I'd say that was the dumbest rivalry of all time. All the extra stuff. I don't really care about sportsmanship. I just thought that was kind of lame. Dylan, I think both of you guys had a huge issue to take with the punting decision. Dylan, I don't know if you want to voice your frustrations. Oh, just, I mean, I feel like all weekend there was a bunch of just cowardly punts on, like, inside the other team's 40. 
got fourth and two, fourth and four, and you punt. I mean, I thought the Vrabel one was, like, atrocious. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. I, I thought Vrabel should be brought up on charges for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fourth and two at the 40-yard line, you have four points Wait, with what? 10 minutes left. You're playing field position. The Ravens have 17 points. Like, this yeah. idea that, like, they needed to pin them. Just play just, – just play to win the game, and it's fun. Look, if you don't get it, fine. They, they, to me, and this is Arthur Smith as much as it is anybody else, and who, who's done a great job. In this game, I just didn't understand this. They kept running into a brick wall with Henry. Every time they threw the ball, they were getting one-on-one coverage. They were getting chunks. The tight ends were killing Baltimore. Which, by the way, if Kansas City draws Baltimore, look, if, if you can bet on a prop with Travis Kelsey in the over, take it. Because the Chiefs are going to throw Travis Kelsey 35 times in that game. But in any event, look, I just didn't understand the mindset where you can clearly throw the ball some in this game. You know you're getting one-on-one. And then they get into that spot, and they run Henry for eight yards. Okay, I like taking the shot there on second and two. The Ravens had it covered fine. Why don't you run the ball on third and fourth down? Like, it's it's the one time in the game they should have run the football and then just completely abandoned it. I. I don't understand it. I think Vrabel's a good coach. I think it was a, a big miscalculation. And you're right. There were a lot of games this week where it felt like teams just were, you know, the Colts made a million weird decisions on four down and had it. I mean, I think they punted twice on the Buffalo side of the 50. Look, I'm not one of these people in analytics who say you got to go for it every time. But I do think in that situation, there's just so much more upside to trying to pick up six feet then there is the punting the ball. I mean, Baltimore is back out to the 40 in two plays. Didn't matter. So, yeah, it was, it was a terrible decision. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you follow uh, Ben Baldwin. Yeah. He's, yep. Yeah, one of the – I mean, he's like the, the guru of going for it on fourth down, and his fourth down bot said it was the third worst uh, punt decision of the entire season. Oh, I, I believe it. I'm surprised it was worse punt yeah. decision. Yeah. Really, I'm shocked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on to the last game, Bears-Saints, last one to check up on. Uh, probably the most boring game, playoff game, since, like, that Rams-Patriots yeah. Super Bowl. I mean, it was just atrocious. And I think the Bears might be the saddest team in the NFL right now, just where they are with, like, getting close and just failing at the end, the quarterback situation. I'm a Giants fan, and I'm saying they might be the saddest team right now. What, in your opinion, is, like, their biggest issue? Uh, I mean, everyone knows about the quarterback problem, but is it like coaching? What What's like the biggest thing you'd point to? Yes, all of it. Uh, no, I mean, look, I, the, I mean, the quarterback's a disaster. And, and and to be fair to Trubisky, he actually had a couple throws in this game. You know, Wims drops that ball in the end zone. That, I, 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 I hesitate to even call it a drop. He didn't touch it. So, you know, that kills him. But Trubisky's just not good. And I'm not exonerating Nagy, who, by the way, I think ought to be fired because they just, they've got nothing out of this team for three years now. Like Nagy yeah. came in as this offensive guru. And like, I get they're limited. I understand all that. But like, you've got to make them better. Like Kyle Shanahan's a perfect example. Jimmy Garoppolo is not good. And that team was within a whisker of winning the Super Bowl because Shanahan schemes up the run game. They do a million things to get guys open and make one read option plays for Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. The, the Bears, it's like they make Trubisky read the playbook in Russian. Like, it's just – it's like, well, I don't know, Mitch. Here it is, third and eight. I, hell with it. Chuck it to Anthony Miller. We don't know. Or just run. And at some point, Nagy's responsible for that. But that all being said, look, Trubisky's an NFL quarterback. He's got to make some of these plays. And yeah. I'm the Bears – I'm cleaning house. I'm getting rid of the GM. I'm getting rid of the coach. I'm getting rid of the quarterback. I'm drafting a quarterback. Or if I have to, if I don't love my options, I'm taking a bridge guy, okay? I, you know, like a Jameis Winston, something like that for one year while you go out and find your guy. But if I'm the Bears, I'm aggressively trying to draft. And then I'm, I'm bringing in another offensively-minded coach who can fix this thing. Like, I'm calling up Eric Bieniemy and saying, what do you want? Yeah. What is it, how much is it going to cost? Right, I'm calling Brian Dable and asking him, "Hey, what what is your asking price?" Uh, you know, Joe Brady in Carolina, same thing. What's the? I, I'm asking all these guys because they they need they need help big time and soon. Well, I would love to see Jameis Winston up there in the tundra. By the way, the Browns just scored a touchdown on the first play of the game. The Steelers okay. just blew some play, and it was a defensive score. So 
things are uh, going good for the Steelers. Uh, well, so. on that note, we'll let you get to that game. Thanks so much for joining, Matt. Uh, you can yeah, check him thank out. Thank you very much. On yeah, FanSided, really follow time. him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Check out the Stack in the Box podcast. We really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, guys. Anytime. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. It's now time for our ice-cold takes of the week. The name is going to change, actually, next week. We have a sponsor. We can't give up much more information than that. Uh, You're going to have to listen next week. But believe it or not, a company wants to be associated with us. I never would have thought that. Um, But it's happening. Yeah. So I think I have two takes and you have one take, Dylan, right? So I'll start first and you can go. Then I'll go again. Yeah, let's do it. All right. My first take. I think this is objectively true is that the football team of Washington, the Washington football team, their defensive line has the best football names of any position group across the NFL. So like running back, wide receiver, linebacker, the best. Let me just read you the names real quick. It's a Montez Sweat. That's just a great name overall. Forget about football name. That's amazing. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. That one kind of sucks. And Darren Payne. They somehow managed to fit the words sweat, chase, and pain into a defensive line. That's, that's all time. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I, uh, I'll go even further as to say that Montez Sweat is a top five name in sports. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. What, what are some other ones you'd put up there? I, I got a few. Me on this one. <laughs> I'd, I'd say I'd say I'd say Derek Jeter, all time name. Just that's, no, that's a bad take. That's just what? A, that's a Yankees take. What? No, it's not. That's a Yankees take. Dude, that's, that's a great name. Take. It rolls off the tongue. Derek Jeter sounds like he was made to bet three twenty and be a legend. Uh, yeah, but he actually didn't bet three twenty. Is actually, you know, three oh five, like two eighty career, two eighty. 280, 290. Do we want to get into that? Derek Jeter overrated. I Derek Jeter. Really... <laughs> <laughs> Is Derek Jeter overrated? That would be yeah. a hot take. Um, Shit, you're right. It's 310. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Well, another name I would throw out there. So before I just started making these outlandish claims, I actually did some research and thought, you know, what other position groups might have good names. I'd say another all-time sports name, Julio Jones, wide receiver on the Falcons. And that position group for them is Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Olamide Zacchaeus. That's a good one. It's a good one. Um, And they have – well, and they have Hayden Hurst, which is a good tight end name. That's a good tight end name. That's a really good tight end name. They also have Laquan Treadwell, I think. That's a good name. Mm Mm-hmm. Treadwell. That's a good name. Uh, also going to give your team some love. Your Cincinnati Bengals is their running back crew. Okay, here's another one. Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. That's just, I don't care what profession you are. That's an amazing name. name across the board. And yep. he has the backfield with Joe Mixon. A little mix and match. A little slice and <laughs> dice action. And Samaji P. Ryan. Samaji P. Ryan is a good name. Oh, okay. And it's I feel like Great. I killed this. <laughs> Those are all awesome names. I dare anyone to find a better position group in the NFL with better names than that. The football team or the, re- the running backs? The Bengals? No, just any position group across the NFL. Oof. One I was thinking that could be good is the Packers wide receivers. They have Alan Lazard. They have Lazard is a great name. Equinemius St. Brown. And they have Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> so I think you have to get, I think you have to get Peoples Jones in there somehow. Oh, Peoples that's, Jones! That's just a name. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. But who else do we have on the Browns? It's not that great. Jarvis Landry. The Browns. That's not a great name. No, Browns don't have a good one. Um. Yeah, honestly. I was just kind of going along with Julio Jones and Montez Sweat. But, yeah, so that's my <laughs> ice-cold take, my first ice-cold take. Our first ever ice-cold take. Put it down in the history books. Because it's our first show. 
that's it. All right. Uh, my one is, uh, this might be a little bit controversial. Uh, I saw that there was, it was awfully polarizing today, the, uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast. Uh, I know you, you watched it, right? The I did watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for those that didn't know, the uh, Nickelodeon did a broadcast of the Bears-Saints game uh, where they had, uh, you know, like slime zone and stuff like that to try to make it more appealing for kids. And they had an announcer there who was like a 15-year-old kid, uh, and her name was Gabby. And the whole broadcast, her whole shtick was like not knowing what was going on and like acting surprised when they would like punt the ball and be like, it's going really high in the air. My ice cold take of the week is that she she knew football. It was all just a fraud. <laughs> she'd, watch least... hundreds, she'd watch hundreds of football games in her life, there, and that was all just fake. At least, okay, maybe she didn't know football, like, absolutely. But she at least knew how the world – she'd at least seen someone kick a ball before. When she went yeah. like, oh, on that oh, time, I was like, have you – not seen anybody kick or throw a ball in your life like ever ever yeah <laughs> it was like the extra point happened she was like oh i like that they just dropped her out of the spaceship onto the field <laughs> yeah what this is how gravity works on this planet yeah uh, <laughs> that went so high yeah it was also uh... funny seeing the other two commentators who have definitely like commit their entire lives to the sport they've like lived yeah. and breathed football their entire lives just have to like sit there and be like a fourth down yeah. the last it's, chance to get yeah. it 10 yards. It's second and nine, which means they need nine yards over the next two plays. Yeah, and typically what? they're like, really the flaw in an air raid offense is when the tight end comes yeah. swinging. <laughs> what, was, what was also hilarious was uh, there's one point when um, uh, the Bears got a pick and it was like this huge play, like it was like the the strip sack pick that they got, like the first or second quarter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Gabby was like trying to get something in about like, wow, like a play like that is kind of like studying for an exam and then having a bunch of questions that you didn't know were going to be on it, like some <laughs> dumb metaphor. And and the other announcer was just like like just completely talked over there they were like not now gabby <laughs> this is a big play <laughs> that's hilarious it was also great like, going, all right, back all right, all right. going back and forth between like the cbs broadcast was jim nance and tony romo and then you had the nickelodeon one and it's like <laughs> back and forth and tony romo was just like this mastermind genius at football that could predict every play and then you go back and they're like now if you drop the ball <laughs> and the other team picks it up yeah that's brutal <laughs> I hated that. The tight end is kind of like a wide receiver, but a little different. <laughs> yeah. He's white most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my ice cold take, my last one, is uh, controversial, to say the least. Unpopular, some might say. Wearing masks at the gym, I love it. Are awesome. Yes. yes. We should keep Agreed. that. From the pandemic. We should keep Mm -hmm. like telehealth, like doctor's appointments over the computer and wearing masks at the gym. Because one, nobody can see you. It's like, you know, another layer of protection between other people and being able to see your face or body, which is always nice. I'll take that 10 times out of 10. Also, I know for you, I know this about you because we've studied next to each other for hours. I know this about myself because other people tell me, terrible breather. I'm like the worst oh. breather on the planet. <laughs> it's disgusting. I breathe out of my mouth. Mouth breathers. Yeah. Yeah. This people is a, like this is a pro mouth breathing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a mouth breather, you got to get the hell off of here. <laughs> Meat, sports, alcohol, and breathing out of your mouth. Mouth breathers. <laughs> uh, and the mask is just like, you know, a muzzle. I do cardio. Yeah. It's like, it's like blocks the sound a little bit. It's nice. I. I could not agree more. This is a great take. Uh, <laughs> I have been going um, to Yo, my gym here. Respect, bro. Nice, bro. Dude, yeah, it feels morning. different. Um, but uh, being here is just, a, and going to this gym is just filled 
with people from high school that I don't that I would always have to have awkward small talk with when I would like come back <laughs> for the summer and I would like go for a couple of weeks and it'd always be like, you know, what are you up to? All this stuff. The mask, the number of people I've been able to just pretend that I didn't see is just off the charts. And further than that, the, the amount of stupid faces I make when I work out, just totally gone. A race. My eyes. Yeah. I'm always just like grunting and gnaw on my teeth and oh yeah like an idiot yeah, yeah. point up numbers ben- though i bet benching like 125 <laughs> uh yeah the one con i will say is you know i was getting pretty after it doing cardio the other day you know i was on like mile 15 16 like six minute pace nice. kind of thing totally, um yeah and i was yeah. sweating so much out of my face and head i guess that it, like my mask started to like collect the sweat. I didn't realize until I took my mask off and it was like a little vessel. <laughs> like if you were to cup your hands in the water <laughs> and I was like, that's, that, I got to throw out this mask. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that take. I'll, I'll get on board with that. Plus like you could get one of those uh, Marshawn Lynch, like Bane masks. Mm. I haven't done that yet, but remember when those were like super popular at the gym and everyone called those guys idiots and now they look like geniuses. Out of their time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, sweet. Well, you guys can catch Dylan and I at the gym after the pandemic mm. still wearing masks. Um, yep, yep. All right, next segment. Talking locks. It's another new segment. <laughs> As I explained earlier, they're all new because it's the first episode of the podcast uh, where we just have bets, sports bets that we found that we think are a good idea. I'll just start off by saying I am so deep in the red right now. It hurts so much. I missed the Bills total is 50 and a half. Then the game went to 51. I took Seahawks money line. I took Seahawks to win the NFC. I took Seattle in our pick'em league. <laughs> I woke up this morning and read this whole Twitter thread by these like sports nerds that made it sound like a certainty that Johnny Smith was going to catch a touchdown. I don't even know if he played in the game. He didn't do a single thing. And I just live bet the Steelers plus 16 and a half when they were down 21 in the first quarter. And didn't even come close. Your turn. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the lock? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. I have two. <laughs> well, this is where I started to turn things around. Okay, my lock, my first lock, is Conor McGregor. Minus 280 against Dustin Poirier. When they fight on Saturday, January 23rd, I don't know a single thing about the UFC. Really. Um, I don't know anything about this fight, but I follow Conor McGregor on Instagram and he's looking shredded. I mean, he's literally, he's posting videos and training. looks great. Did you see the video where his trainers were just punching him in the stomach repeatedly? I did not. He just took it. But I that love those videos. is enough. You should watch that video, and that will make you feel extremely confident about your bet. It's unreal. He's doing yeah. sit-ups, shirtless, just like glistening in sweat, and his trainers are just beating the shit out of him, just <laughs> punching the shit out of him, and he just takes it. What is that? If I took a single one of those, I would, I would throw up. I, I think my organs would collapse. And that's why you wear a mask in the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You vomit in the mask and no one will know. <laughs> walk right out of there. Do you, do you know the reason why they do that? I mean, I know they get punched during the, in the stomach. Like, it's probably because they the get fight. punched in the stomach during the fight. But what? Just getting punched beforehand is going to make them used to it? Probably. I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, they don't punch them in the head a bunch of times before the fight. I think it's like an it's like a ab workout because like if you get your abs strong enough, you get punched in the abs and it's not even like a big deal. Yeah, I, I, I mean you yeah, it's just gym <laughs> stuff. <you know? laughs> uh, this actually leads to me to a question that I kind of had in mind when I picked this bet. Um, UFC fighters have to have like top five best bodies, bodies 
mm-hmm. of like across the sports. Yeah, yeah. I did. I top five. I think is generous. I think they could be top three, top two easily. Right, so you gotta put. Some, they all look so good. I know, and it's like, like well, except for like the heavy heavyweight guys that just kind of look chunky. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking like yeah, like lower weights. Like yeah. they're all just shredded. And, but but part of it is also you don't see other sports people's with their shirt off unless they I, like, want you. <laughs> To see them with their shirt off, like DK Metcalf. I Google every athlete I like. Oh, shirtless. athlete shirtless. Yeah, it's probably half of my Google searches are what people look like shirtless. <laughs> it auto populates. If I type in the letter D, it just goes DK Metcalf DK shirtless. Metcalf shirtless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my phone's background, dude. I look at that picture every day. <laughs> I will. Okay, I'd say soccer is like an underrated body. Oh yeah, sport. Yeah, Those I think guys are ripped. Well, I think part of it is the like these are sports where like you kind of got to be ripped. Like if we're talking lower weights in the UFC and soccer, you have to be ripped to yeah. do it. You have to be like you like can't baseball. Be, like baseball, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even like football, like that picture of Mac Jones shirtless. That yeah. dude looks like any of us, just like flabby and no tone, just like. If, if he was on the front porch of a frat playing beard eye shirtless, yeah. I yeah. would have zero clue that he was a Heisman runner-up. Yes. Type yes. Person. He just looks yes. like a guy. He's just yeah. a guy. He is just a guy. I'm pretty sure Nick Saban just went up to one of the Alabama fraternity porches, <laughs> found the best beard eye player that he could. It was like, you have Devonta Smith. I think you'll be good. And That's he was. <laughs> what about, okay, what about swimmers? Swimmers have good bodies. Michael Phelps has a good body. Yeah. Ryan Lochte, too. Yeah. 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 What are, well, alternatively, what are some of the worst bodies? Like bodies of professional athletes where you're like, that, I can't believe that guy's a professional athlete. I got one. Like Olympic weightlifters. Maybe not like like power lifters or strong men, just like the guys deadlifting a thousand pounds. None of them look good. No, no, they just look like giant loaves of bread. Just like they have, they're just flat. There's like five foot three Ukrainian dudes that are like yeah. 400 pounds. Just built yeah. In. Well, and the, what they wear isn't super flattering either. They just wear like the tightest spandex and then the lifting belt, like as tight as it can possibly go with everything just like pushing up over the top of it. They look like Gru from Despair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. You yes. They're else? always bald. They're always bald. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Do you know who else kind of looks like Gru from Despicable Me? I was thinking huh. about this this weekend. Uh, <clears throat> Mike Vrabel. Like, I know Mike Vrabel is Jack. Oh, yeah. I know he's big, but he has those kind of like smallish arms. Like, his arms is compared to like the size of his chest is just like a bit yeah. cartoonish. It's He's the big really... chest. It's the lack of a neck. It's the short. Yeah. I think if you shaved Mike Vrabel's head, he would look like Gru. There you go. Yeah. yeah so most Gru looking sport. <laughs> <laughs> Who Football else? Yeah. Yeah. Weightlifting. I think NFL quarterbacks also are surprisingly some of the worst looking bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Eli like, on, on, on the Eli? Beat? Tom Brady at the combine, yeah. Mac Jones, like, oh, like there's disgusting. no there's no jacked quarterbacks. Timeout. Yes, there are. Russell Wilson. Ooh. Russell Wilson's shredded. Okay, ju- okay, Russell Wilson. Um, I'd say Lamar, Lamar Jackson is like shredded, jacked. but he's not like strong. Like he's not like jacked. You know who's underrated? Jacks. Hmm. I feel like this might be 99% of our podcast. (laughs) This was the entirety (laughs) of the trailer and now most of the first episode. (laughs) Uh, Dude, you know who's Jack, though? Actually, though? Hmm. Um, Hmm. Ryan Tannehill. He, yeah, okay. I'll give you that. He's fast as hell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, he was a wide receiver in college. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he has that wide receiver body. Wait, at like a good school, too, like a Power 5 school. Yeah, yeah, people forget. He's still trying to develop as a quarterback, so <laughs> when things like today happen, you know, he can 
He's still learning the position. That's why it didn't work in Miami. He was still getting used to the yeah, yeah. Position. He was still learning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why he's a late bloomer. Damn, dude, we are solving all the world's problems out here. Um, yeah. Do you want to? And that was talking locks. No, that was only one of our locks. We saw two more. <laughs> Play, run it back, baby. <laughs> all right, I think it's time for you. It's your lock. Yeah. Yep, uh, I can I can give my lock. So my lock is uh, now that the NFC uh, picture is looking, we got the matchups for next week. We most likely have the matchups in the AFC next week, uh, pending the Browns finishing this off. But the Bucks are playing the Saints, which I locks aside are two fraud NFC te- uh, NFC teams. That means that one fraud NFC team is for sure going to the NFC championship. That's a different discussion. But for this one, I think uh, because it's the Saints with a legitimately good defense, good pass rush, and Tom Brady, who is good when he has no pressure whatsoever and can just stand there for like 20 seconds, we have that versus Drew Brees and the lackluster Saints offense. The under of 51 and a half is a lock. And I think the Bucks are going to pull it out. So if you want to parlay that and do a little Bucks plus the under, I think that's a good call for the weekend. Ooh. But I think this has like a bad game with Tom Brady being frustrated and Drew Brees not really doing anything for like three quarters. And then Tom Brady just pulling something out of his ass to win 17-14 written all over it i like this bet for so many reasons let's hear them i normally don't like betting the under because you know you want to root for points but one drew Brees and tom brady are not only old and annoying they're also assholes uh yep. so i'm happy to root against them yep. the main reason against them just scoring points yeah just for them both to suck and then they both yep. retire sucking although yep that was one more season um I noticed this over the weekend, and you have to be a real football insider to notice these kinds of things, but that's why we started this podcast, because I noticed these, these things. Yep. You know the armband that some football players wear, like Mitch Trubisky wears it sometimes, where it's like mm-hmm. a brace that goes on your one of your arms, and it kind of like mm-hmm. connects to the shoulder, and it makes you look incredibly jacked in that arm and scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed two Saints players have that on their defense. Malcolm Jenkins and this big white linebacker dude with long hair, Alex Sanzoli. I knew that name off the top of my head. <laughs> and Zol. And they both have him. And, and I feel like that <laughs> and Zoli. You should uh you should be traded to a team with Giovanni Bernard. It's like kind of oh, Italian team. Gio and Azoli, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, but I think having those having those arm braces alone will just make their defense unstoppable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so we got rooting against Tom Brady and Drew Brees and armbands. Yeah, yeah. Locks. God, I, I also think, think I also think um, during the the Bucks uh, football team game, uh, I forget who was on the broadcast, but they mentioned how uh, Tom Brady was, had said earlier in the week that Godwin had the best hands that he's ever played with, and Godwin subsequently dropped, like, 10 passes that game. I think Godwin has be- become cursed, and he Tom Brady's in his head, and I think this is just leading to disappointment. That's awesome. That's hilarious. I didn't see that. Uh, did you yeah. see the video, though, of Tom Brady on Friday at practice picking up the three balls? And hitting the target, hitting the golf hitting cart, the, the golf cart. Yeah, yeah. The first one hit the golf cart. It didn't even hit the like target thing. Um, but I quietly in my head while watching that was like, "This is stupid." Tom Brady's old. He sucks. While also watching the video, enamored over and over again, being like, "Holy shit, he's still so sick. How is he doing this?" So it was real. I was really conflicted. What did you think that that was that cool? I thought that was the really golf cart cool. thing. I really? Really cool. Dude, the guy's like I 59 thought, years old. 
He's like, okay, I like, I thought that was like satire because it was like Tom Brady, <laughs> built different, still doing it at 43. And it's like, I think every quarterback should be able to do that. Yeah. Is that not like, is that not like what comes with the job is being able to hit a moving target? 10 feet in front of me? <laughs> okay, that's true. But to three of them, okay, that's true. But also the amount of quarterbacks in the NFL that like, have to pass like an out route that just goes to the sideline and it just like dribbles at the receiver's feet because they didn't have the arm strength to like really get it there on a line. Tom Brady just did that to a golf cart. Moving Tom Brady across the did field. that to a golf cart standing in shorts with nobody around. But <laughs> to a moving golf cart 10 yards in front of him. I think every single quarterback in the league could do that. I think if you're a quarterback and you can't do that, you probably shouldn't be a quarterback. I can name five quarterbacks right now that can't do that. Let's hear them. Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> he has like one rib left yeah. in his body. Taysom um, Hill. <laughs> no, Taysom Hill would bomb it 80 yards over. <laughs> 80 <laughs> yards over the golf cart. They're like, Taysom, that's not the drill. Um, I don't know if he could do it because they won't let him cook. Not Russ, Tua. Tua might not be able to. Yeah, yeah, that's a different conversation is how much Tua sucks. Yeah. I'd say Jared Goff only has four fingers. Good luck. Do you think blind Tom Brady could do it? I think blind Tom Brady could do anything. Do you think Adam Sandler from The Longest Yard could do it? Because he was a gunslinger. He wasn't actually. Yeah, he was. Like, he was just – he just – He's I'm trying like, to remember. Yeah. He really sat in the pocket, right? He didn't really like. I, no, but he could. He was mobile. There's a couple times where the guards got to him, and he was able to evade. Really? Yeah. 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 Get it up to Michael Irvin. Plus, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that was the other thing is he had Michael Irvin. Like, you know, I could do. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I could win against the guards by Michael had, Irvin. Yeah, prisoner team. Michael Irvin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Also, given Adam Sandler's like the videos across social media of him just like absolutely tearing pickup basketball games and just random oh, yeah. late fitnesses across the country while he's, filming movies. <laughs> he's an athlete. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted so. it to be known that I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> I feel like that sounded <laughs> like I was defending his arm strength a lot. I think he sucks. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I've won right, a lot. Yeah, what's your lock? So I found the odds for Ohio State. This is for the national championship on Monday. So I guess after Monday, this will have already happened, and you'll know how wrong or how right I am and either be happy or sad for me. (laughs) Also, depending on if you're rooting for me to win money or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ohio State to win the first half and Alabama to win the second half is plus 700. So here's my thinking. I like that. And I, I'm no statistician. Alabama's certainly going to win the game. I'd say there's a 100% chance that Alabama wins. And in order for them to do that while losing the first half is that they would have to win the second half. <laughs> that math does add up. Wait, so, <laughs> so really all you're betting on at plus 700 is Ohio State, State to win the first half. That and actually might be the smartest thing that I've ever heard you say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a flip of a coin. Ohio State wins or loses yeah. the first half. Two options. It's 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> and they're somehow giving us plus 700 odds. <sighs> no, I actually think that's, I think that's good. Plus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be one of those things where, like, Justin Fields goes out and balls out, and Alabama's, like, we're going to win. And then he balls out. They win this first half. And then Nick Saban just lays into Alabama. And just threatens their family's health in the locker room yeah. at halftime. He, he, does, he does what he does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he knows how to get his team going. To Devonta Smith's head. <laughs> they go out. They win the second half, 35-14. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that wasn't – that made sense. Yeah. 
Um, I think that makes sense. I would take you, I would, I would join you on that. That sounds like fun. Okay. This is something we have to talk about. I would have, <laughs> we did a trial run of this episode where I also had some bets that I made. It sound like they made sense, but they were actually awful and ended up losing. And you said, good job. That's smart. And then also bet on it with me. I'm going to lose you so much money if yeah. you do that every week. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. <laughs> okay. I think you have good locks, so I'm going to show you support by tossing you some money. I mean, it, in my defense, I also gave stupid locks that week. So I think the moral of the story isn't that like you're convincing. It's that we're both dumb. I'd like to think I'm convincing and we're both dumb. <laughs> and we're both dumb. <laughs> uh, okay, so just to recap, I have McGregor minus mm. 280 against Dustin Poirier. You have Saints 51 and a half under against the Bucks. Maybe parlay with a Bucks dub. Yep. And I have Ohio State to win the first half. And that's it. Plus 700. You also, you also could, yeah, I think... I think just going straight Bucks money line on that because they're dogs, and so it's plus one forty. I think that's value. They're dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's minus three. Huh. That's silly. That is silly. That should be even. I agree. It definitely should be closer than three. There's only two options. It has to be fifty fifty odds. Either the same yeah. side of the Bucks win. Exactly. These people don't understand basic <laughs> statistics. Flip of a coin. <laughs> Two options. 50-50. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was Talking Locks. I remember those days I had no rice. I remember those days I had no sticks. Thanks so much for joining us this week on Meat Sports Alcohol. I'm JMO. And I'm Dylan. Uh, join us next week as we sit down with Jack and Mikey from Crank Light Lager, a Canadian beer company. They're going to tell us all about what it's like to start a beer company during a pandemic. And maybe even some like hockey insights. You know, they're from Canada. They must know something we don't. We'll figure it out. All right, fam. Peace. Peace and love. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Because maybe...